Hi there, and welcome to Manningham Christian Centre's Sermon of the Week. I'm so glad you joined us. My name is Matt Wyatt, and I'm the lead pastor here. My prayer for you is that as you listen, you encounter God and find this message practically helpful. It would mean a lot to us if you were able to rate and subscribe. This not only lets us know how we can serve you better, but also spreads the message to those who need to hear it. Hey, thanks so much again, and I look forward to catching up with you later. Bye. Let's not just lose this atmosphere of expectation this morning. You can go ahead, take a seat. We're going to open the word right now. Can can we give the worship team a bit of a, just an appreciation for leading us this morning? Just uh, a beautiful, a beautiful time together. Um, we are uh, exploring now and uh, this brand new series at the moment called Led by Jesus. And, uh, you know, uh, how many know that every single day we want to be led by Jesus, right? You know, there's this, there's this, uh, there's this concept that He is our Lord and our Saviour. Uh, and it's not just a concept for those who believe. The Bible says for those who can confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord shall be saved. And uh, so we're invited into this interaction. We're invited into this relationship with Jesus that we can walk with every single day. Amen. And so we want to be led by Jesus. We want to be uh, led into what He is doing. Everybody give Josh a hand. Thanks very much for that, Josh. Doing a great job there, mate. And so um, what I felt would be really a good place for us to um, start and, uh, and many of us, come from various different backgrounds. Many of us have been walking with the Lord for a very long time. Some people, it's, you know, it's relatively new. Some people, you're sort of somewhere in the middle there. And, uh, you know, and some people may actually uh, be here today or watching online that, you know, you're just, you're just checking out what this, what this Christianity thing is all about. And uh, no matter where you are, I wanna encourage you, give Jesus a chance, lean into Him as we start this new series. And uh, how, many, um, uh, how many appreciated the last two weeks of Pastor Julie, right? If you, if you haven't checked out those words, they are powerful, powerful words that will absolutely help your year get off to a cracking start. It's 2024. Can you believe it? Some people, oh my gosh, next thing we'll be saying it's 2025. Not yet, Pastor Matt, don't say that yet. But it is 2024. And uh, I believe last week was sort of the cutoff week of saying Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Was that right? Don't know. It's still pretty fresh. It's still a new year, so we can definitely say Happy New Year for sure. But led by Jesus. What is being led by Jesus all about? And uh, I felt that it was really important to start at the beginning. And it's not Genesis. I know you were thinking, let's start all the way back at the beginning. No, we're not starting in Genesis, but we are starting in the book of Matthew. And uh, um, 
I, let's, let's, let's open the word. I didn't even grab my Bible. My Bible's up beside you in a green bag there, Brad. How's that? A guy gets up to speak and he hasn't got, even got his Bible. All very well that I've memorised it. No, 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 bring the Bible here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Thanks very much, Sam. So if you've got your Bible, open, the, open that up to the book of Matthew and we're going to read at chapter 4, chapter 4, um, verse 17. At the beginning of chapter 4, there is, uh, well, sorry, I should say halfway through um, chapter uh, 3 is the event where John the Baptist baptises Jesus. And uh, that's a pretty significant thing because that, at that point, that's the first time that people audibly heard the, um, the Father proclaim who Jesus was. So this is a profound thing. And, you know, as we read through this scripture, um, I'm going to refer sometimes to the fact that, you know, sometimes, you know, we, we can read some of these almost, they seem like menial, uh, you know, chapters that, oh, okay, that happened and that happened and that happened. And yet they are actually quite profound and quite significant. But we're just going to read and we're going to come back to it several times today. Um, uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. It says this, From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say these words, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And we're just going to encourage you just to keep your finger in there because we're going to um, revisit that scripture several times this morning. The funny thing is about the scriptures that we're going to read is that we can very easily look past them. We can easily overlook what uh, was what was leading up to the second slide? What was leading up to the to uh, to what was happening at the time? We have to understand that this was in a picturesque place. Thank you. This is in a picturesque place called Galilee. And in a moment, I'm going to show you a photo of the Galilean region, the Galilee region, which is actually quite beautiful. And it is important to note that at the beginning, the, when Matthew was writing this book and he starts off Jesus' ministry at Galilee. Now, we're going to explore that there is, uh, it's, it's, we can accept that three out of the four Gospels actually state that Jesus began his uh, ministry, yes, at age 30 when he was baptised, after the temptation that he was led into the wilderness by, uh, by Satan himself, and then he came out of the wilderness after a 40-day fast. I love it. I love it what it says. The Bible says, and he was hungry. <laughs> Who would imagine after 40 days of not eating, you, you might be ready for a big belly burger or something like that, right? But the point is, is that um, 
the events leading up to this very, very profound statement that Jesus began to preach at that moment and at that time, these very clear words, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's very important to understand that at that moment and at that time, he started to change his tune. And it wasn't a different tune. He upped his game. Now, he was about 30 years of age and he'd lived in Galilee for most of those 30 years, all right? So right now, we're leaning, leaning into the fact that we're being led by Jesus. To be led by Jesus, we have to understand the situations and the circumstances and the locations around these historical events that actually happened, right? And so let's go back to Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, and it's up there. And it says, from that time on, repent for the kingdom of his at hand. And then in verse 18, and from that moment, it says, and Jesus walking by the sea of Galilee saw two brothers, Simon, who was later to be called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately, everybody say immediately, immediately, left their nets and followed him. Going from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. He called them and immediately, everybody say immediately, immediately. they left the boat and they left their father and followed him. It is quite clear and it stands to reason that Simon, again, who was later to be called Peter, and Andrew had already met Jesus. In fact, we're not going to turn there today, but uh, in John chapter 1, verses 40 to 42, it actually that they had likely heard Jesus preaching because Andrew had been with John the Baptist and was a disciple of John the Baptist. Now, how many, how many, I know, I remember when, <coughs> I remember when I was, you know, first at Bible college, it was like, I'm abandoning all to follow you, Jesus, right? Anybody remember those, you know, at, at, at that first place when you were saved, everything was brought into question. Anybody else, you know, remember that? It was like, do I leave my job? Do I leave, you know, what I'm doing? Do I need to go into the back blocks of Africa? Do I need to start serving in a mission somewhere? Jesus, I'm all yours, right? We have to understand that Andrew was a disciple of John, uh, of John the Baptist. And yet when Jesus came across Andrew, what was Andrew doing? Fishing. He was still being a responsible man for uh, whatever family that he may or may not have had, but he was still a disciple of John, but he was still going about his vocation in what he needed to do. Why? Because people still needed to eat, right? And I think it's quite important that we just keep some of these things in mind. Both Peter and Andrew knew about Jesus. Why? Because, they, because Peter and Andrew, 
or Simon and Andrew, I should say at this point. Simon and Andrew had lived in Galilee and were fishermen in Galilee for a very, very long time. Jesus lived in Galilee for almost 30 years and he actually had a ministry. Jesus actually underwent a Judean, what they would call a Judean ministry at the time for his first 30 years. So even though the Bible says that his ministry began at the age 30, we have to understand that the Bible clearly states that Jesus grew in favour with God and with man through 30 years of ministry training to complete his mission over a three-year period. So many times we expect that we wake up Monday morning and we're ready to preach the Gospel. And sometimes I think we need to step out in faith and live a life that is profoundly uh, different to the world, that we can preach the Gospel, but we have to give ourselves a little bit of slack. Even Jesus went through 30 years of training for three years of ministry. All right? Now, I'm not saying you wait 30 years. We have no hope if you wait 30 years. But I would say, be led by Jesus. Lean into Him and as He prompts you, then you step out in faith. Amen? Is that good? And so so Jesus, after His baptism and temptation, was involved in this Judean ministry for, for quite a long time in and around the region. So what did that mean? That mean He was serving people. That mean meant He was... Um, under leadership, he was associated with um, uh, different uh, synagogues or churches. He was associated with different things as he went about. And it's highly likely that he'd taken on some aspect of his father's ministry or father's role as a carpenter. So, so we have to, I, I'm not, Jesus is not the man still on the cross. There is more historical evidence about Jesus being alive than almost any other so-called prophet of other religions. All right, and and I'm not I'm not uh, I, I'm I'm wanting to um, bring in the reality of who Jesus was and the significance of what He has done and continues to do for us. Amen. The truth about this story of where Jesus comes across across Simon and Andrew is actually revealing something to us about Jesus. Before we get to that, I want to ask the question, why Galilee? You know, there's a lot of places, a lot of places that Jesus could have, you know, hung out or grown up. A lot of places. But in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1, there was a prophetic word that said, Nevertheless, the gloom will not be upon her, her who was distressed, as when at first he lightly esteemed the land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali, and afterward more heavily oppressed 
and afterward more heavily oppressed her. By the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, in Galilee the Gentiles, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Here's the fulfilment of a prophetic word of centuries beforehand. See, friends, this is significant that it was by no mistake that Jesus was in this glorious valley called Galilee. Galilee was not some just little town. Galilee was a prosperous area, lush and green. Do you know what they said of the land in Galilee? They said that you could plant any plant and it would grow. Such was the perfection of the climate. Isn't that awesome? All you gardeners out there, wouldn't that be fantastic? Right? Wouldn't it be great? I'm trying to grow sunflowers at the moment. Those things just like some are going, but some are just like, what are you doing? Have you ever had those conversations with your plants? I've done everything. I've done everything for you. Ever had those conversations with your kids? But that's what Galilee... I don't have those conversations with my kids. Don't need to. Anna has those conversations with me sometimes. <laughs> what are you doing? Anyway. <laughs> Galilee was prosperous, man. Like it was off the charts prosperous. It was near Capernaum and we, we hear a lot of stories of Jesus in Capernaum and the apostles and the disciples. It was a major trade route throughout the area because it, it, was, a, it was a good port. It was a good place where ships could come in. Most disciples, would you believe, actually came from or lived in the Galilee region for most of their life. Isn't that fascinating? Isn't that interesting? Most of them came from or lived in that region. Do you know that out of 32 parables spoken, 19 of them were spoken about or in context of Galilee? Here's some fun facts here, right? Do you know Jesus' first miracle happened in Galilee at a wedding? where he turned water into wine. Isn't that amazing? I've got a joke about that. Have we got time for it? So a pastor was driving down the road and he's driving down the road and the police officer pulls him over. He says, uh, what's in that drink bottle beside you there? He goes, it's water. And the officer said, look, look, I pulled you over last week and I'm not going to be gracious again. Are you sure that's water? He goes, yeah, yeah, it's water. He goes, give it to me. He g- give it to me. And the, and the police officer opened the drink bottle and he poured a little bit out. He goes, pastor, that's wine. And the pastor went, he did it again. 
waiting for the penny to drop, right? But Jesus' first miracle, Jesus' first miracle at the wedding was where the, the, the wine taster and the steward of the wedding said, you've left the best till last. And Jesus turned water into wine at that moment. In Galilee, the Sermon on the Mount took place. In Galilee, the transfiguration took place. Friends, Isaiah 9 verse 1 wasn't just about Jesus growing up and hanging out in His Judean ministry and starting the message, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Friends, Isaiah at verse, at chapter 9 verse 1 is a great light has been shone upon you. The people who were once in darkness have now seen a great light. Friends, it's no wonder that when Simon and uh, Andrew were, were doing their net thing and doing their fishing thing and, and, and they were talked about John and, and John preached a great sermon. It's like, you know, Pastor Matt preached a great sermon the other week. But you know, I've heard about this Jesus bloke that he's been hanging around a few. Oh yeah, I've heard about him. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, he's preaching some great, like he's number two on the podcast, just under, you know, just under, you know, and he's really, really good, you know. And then when Jesus rocks up to them on the beach while they're throwing their nets and they're doing their fishing thing, no wonder, no wonder the word immediately is there. No wonder. Matthew, Mark and Luke speak of Jesus' ministry starting in Galilee. John, however, refers that Jesus was returning to Galilee from Judea when he met the Samaritan woman on the well. And he stayed in Samaria, which was a big no-no, for about two or three days. And a great revival broke out in Samaria. Whichever turn of events happened in whatever way, no wonder Simon, no wonder Andrew immediately left their nets. Why? Because the Bible says, and his fame spread throughout all the land because of all the miracles that was taking place and all the signs and wonders. Can you understand now that by the time Jesus started preaching, he said these words, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Friends, as Jesus walked around, He was revealing the nature of heaven. He was revealing the kingdom of heaven to a prosperous land, but a prosperous land that looked good, but was in utter darkness. The plants grew really well but their hearts were far from God. But there was this little group of people whom Jesus had already foreseen that when Jesus said, come follow me, I'll make you fishers of men, that they immediately, anybody think that immediately was a bit irresponsible? Is it just you? Is it just me? Like, come on, man, like, you know, finish your job or get somebody else to take over or 
but immediately. Friends, I think we have to understand that, yes, immediately they left. And there is a story of where after Jesus was crucified, that the, some of the disciples went back to what they knew uh, and, uh, and they said, oh, well, you know, it's all over now. We're just going to go back fishing, but go back to our old way of life. And there Jesus made breakfast for them on the beach after they witnessed him being raised from the dead. Yeah, amazing story. But, but um, at this point, it's like, it's not irresponsible at all because they were compelled by all the stories and the signs and the words that they'd heard uh, Jesus saying. And not only that, the prophet John beforehand had already been preparing the way for Jesus to come. And here is Jesus right now. He's been growing up in their midst. He's been growing up in the favour of God and the favour of men. And here at this point, he rocks up and starts to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Friends, we're setting the scene right now for a magnificent story of two kingdoms. But I want you to stop for a minute and let's just have a look. Because at the moment, we have a story of this kingdom. See, you may have only ever really known one kingdom and that is friends, family, the situation that you might be in. The same with the people of Galilee. They, they knew a kingdom and, and the kingdom was a multicultural one. It was a major trade route. Their plants grew well, but their hearts were in darkness. They knew a kingdom at that point, they knew it, what it was. But here Jesus is speaking of a new kingdom, a new kingdom that the prophets had spoken of time and time again of old. The kingdom is near and the kingdom is at hand. One of the other gospels describes what Jesus stated is the kingdom is near to those. Near to those. How many in the room have experienced the kingdom near? Even this morning during worship, the presence of God as we lean in. Friends, church is not just about music, middle and preaching the word and prayer and coffee. Friends, uh, uh, church is all about yet connection with each other, but connection with God equally as well. Friends, our prayer for you is that you would encounter Jesus more than you would encounter anything. Jesus is more real to you than the seat that you're sitting on. Hello? Friends, that is our prayer. And so at the moment, we have to stop and we, we have to have this moment of, of self-reflection of, of what kingdom am I a part of? What kingdom do I know? You know, and sometimes, sometimes that changes within 10 minutes, <laughs> Right? Sometimes we can, we can be full of faith and then something might happen and our faith takes a hit. Hello? Yeah. 
And I'm not talking about the issue of salvation. What I'm talking about is how close do we lean into? How close do we have and hold Jesus close to us? Because the Kingdom of Heaven is about presence. It's an undeniable presence. The Kingdom of Heaven is about power. The Kingdom of Heaven is about love. It's about acceptance. It's about forgiveness. It's about holiness. It's about peace. It's about health. It's about healing, walking in constant divine health and healing. Friends, the Kingdom of Heaven is near to those who would accept, who would reach out. It feels like the Kingdom of Heaven is like, it's just here. All I need to do is... If it wasn't true, Jesus would have said, the Kingdom of Heaven is just out of your reach, but if you try hard, you'll make it. (laughs) The Kingdom of Heaven is really good, but if you do 25 push-ups and 36 sit-ups every single morning, you, you just might get there. Friends, He didn't say that. The Kingdom of Heaven is at hand. And how many of us, you know, wince and, oh, Jesus, and, oh, this. And, you know, I understand that there are moments and there are seasons of difficulty. There are seasons of where Jesus feels afar off. There are seasons of where, of, of where we go through difficult things, trials and, and temptations and, and those sorts of events. But friends, the Kingdom of Heaven is there not to just relieve you of those things. The Kingdom of Heaven is to empower you to be strengthened in those things, that you would walk in total victory, that you would walk in complete healing, in divine health and complete and total, uh, the the nearness of the Kingdom. Because the Kingdom of Heaven is... Did I have to move a long way? You know why? Because Jesus has moved a long way. He's already done it. He's already completed and jumped through the hoops so that the Kingdom of Heaven is at hand. The Kingdom of Heaven is new. I love what Mark says in his Gospel. He said that Jesus preached, the Kingdom has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Wow. Because there is always two kingdoms. I know what some of us sometimes think, you know, it's like a DC or a Marvel movie that there's good versus evil. (laughs) No, it's just man's kingdom (laughs) and heaven's kingdom. It's not the devil's kingdom. Nah, it's man's kingdom. Because in Genesis, God gave man the mandate, be fruitful, have dominion on the earth. Yeah, but Pastor Matt, the Bible says that, you know, the devil is the, you know, Lucifer is the prince and the power of the air. That's right. But where does he get his power from? We gave him the power. We, we reneged on the, that dominion through what? Sin. And so here we have this opportunity of the kingdom of heaven is so near 
the two kingdoms that we have a choice. Almost every moment of every day, we have this choice. Am I going to live in my own kingdom or am I going to live in the kingdom of heaven? Or what's, what's in the kingdom, kingdom of man? I'll tell you what's in the kingdom of man. Captivity, control. Where you are a slave to sinful desires. Where you are a slave to those, those, those things that just cut your life short and, and sap joy out of your life. And, and you're continually striving for acceptance in whether it's business or whether it's family, whatever it might be. It comes to this moment of, Am I going to let sin rule my life or am I going to let the kingdom of heaven, Jesus' kingdom that is just at hand? Hello? Again, I'm not talking about the issue of salvation on a daily basis. Confessions, sometimes I want what I just want. Right? Sometimes those wants are a really good thing. Sometimes those wants are not so good thing. And friends, the difference is whether we live our life surrendered and submitted to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. helpful question that I often ask myself is do I desire Jesus above all else? I had a great conversation with Shyla during the week and she was reading um, her devotional and, and it's the bit of scripture where Jesus said you know, really harsh things and you, you need to leave your father and you need to leave your mother and you need to leave your friend to follow me. And, and, uh, and, and Charlotte was saying, well, you know, why would Jesus say that? That's just, it's just mean, right? It is, sounds mean, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, the truth of it is that at times there is the choice of where we need to place Jesus above all of that. Because there are times where I know there's people in the room where your family has rejected you because of your faith. Well, it's at those moments where you have rightfully chosen and correctly chosen Jesus above those things. It doesn't mean you love your family any less. Well, that's up to you. I hope not. But it certainly does mean that you have a choice, either the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of man. It is in our nature to think that the old creation is better. It's just in our nature. I love it what Paul says that the Apostle Paul, he goes on and he says, you know, I do the things that I, that, that, that I shouldn't do. I, I don't do the things that I ought to do. And, and Anybody? The same? I'll put both hands up and then if I could, both feet. Yep. Friends, it is in our nature to think that the old creation is better, that we revert just like the disciples back to being those fishermen. We tend to look back at the good old days. How good were the good old days, right? 
You know, back when butter was butter. Right? When the air was fresher. Where the walks to school were colder. Right? Where the polar ice caps were still tall. Whatever it is, right? The good old days. Sometimes the good old days weren't that good. You're dreaming. You're romanticising. But you made it, right? But the catch is this. The catch is this between the two kingdoms. The catch is, is that every single day, and I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The catch is that every single day we are invited into a place of surrender. And what do we surrender? We surrender that old way of thinking. We surrender that old self. We turn our back on being in captivity to our own selfish desires. Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Next week I'm going to pick this up again because the kingdom of heaven is so broad, it's so deep, it's so wide, it's so large. The significance of this moment in Galilee is so powerful that not just Simon and Andrew, but other disciples immediately, even two, would leave their father and dry. To immediately leave. Do you know why I think they immediately left? I can just, this is, this is just me filling some gaps. I can imagine they're out fishing. So, Andy, do you hear what um, John the Baptist talked about this Messiah coming? No, what did he say? He's saying prepare the way of the Lord. You know how we're in cruel rule of the Romans over us? Do you think he might set us free from that captivity? Oh, gee, I haven't thought about that. You know all the prophets of old, right? You know that, oh, got one. You know, you know that you can imagine two blokes having a fish. You know what the moral of the story is? Good things happen when guys go and have a fish, right? I'm joking. But in this, you've got to understand, these are just two guys. And they're chatting and they're sharing about what John the Baptist has talked about. And they're chatting and they're sharing about what they've heard Jesus, uh, he, he, he begins to preach about. He begins to say the kingdom of heaven is near. Whereas all they had heard, listen, listen, all they had heard that the kingdom was far too hard to attain. Why? Because there had to be the sacrifice of bulls and goats and doves and they had to go through the priests and, the, and you had to go through the holy men and, and you had to go up to the temple. and you... These are two fishermen. 
Did you hear about the kingdom of heaven is at hand? What does that even mean? Friends, this is powerful. Do you know why? Because we live in a community like Galilee that behold a great light has been shone in your heart. That as you go, you may not use the words, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know, don't, don't walk up to the pines and stand on the corner and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's not language that people are going to understand. Unless Jesus directs you to powerfully, right? That's my disclaimer. But as you go around and you have a lunch with a friend or you, uh, you find somebody who's in need and you are revealing that light to them as you bear that witness. We had some people over at our house last night and a, and a, and a, and a gentleman who I, I don't know, really know his background, but man, every single wit he could get in about being a Christian, he was just getting in there and you know, just graciously smile. That's, that's a good joke and... That's a good one. But I know deep down inside the Holy Spirit is doing a work within his heart. I know that people don't make those comments except for the fact that the great light is starting to be shone upon the areas of need within this gentleman's life. And it was a beautiful thing that at the end of the night he invited me over to his house. Isn't it funny how Jesus works? Why? in the same way that it was 30 years of preparation in Galilee for that significant moment of when he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Friends, Jesus is preparing you. Jesus is prompting you. Jesus is leading you. And it's time for us to lean in on him and receive that kingdom. Amen. Let's stand. Let's pray. Thank you. We're going we're gonna to pick this up because I've got some really exciting things to talk about next week as well. But I want to I help you reflect and I want you to um, have this reflection of, 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 of making that choice. There's two kingdoms every day that I want to be in. Am I going to be in the kingdom of heaven or am I going to be in my own kingdom? And again, I want to reiterate, I'm not talking about salvation. What I'm talking about is being effective for the kingdom of heaven. Amen? And here in this place right now, I would just invite you to pray these pray- this, this prayer. And it's really, really simple. It's just these words, Jesus, I desire you more than anything. You can say that in your own, in your own time, in your own way. But it's this place of, of surrender. It's Jesus, I desire you more than anything. You know what the beautiful thing is about that? is that when you pray that prayer, the kingdom of heaven rushes in, meets you exactly where you were at, exactly where you needed to be. Because Jesus is that good. Jesus, I desire you more than anything.
help me immediately respond. Just in this moment, so many times we pray these prayers that's like, there's something in the back of our mind that says, yeah, it just depends what you ask me to do. But I just get this sense, even in this moment and right now, Jesus is responding, not with a task, not with an instruction. Jesus is responding with, I des- with a response to you, saying, I desire you more than you know. Scripture describes Jesus dying on the cross, that He endured the cross for the joy that was set before Him. The joy that was birthed from the desire for you and I to come to Him. Jesus, I desire you more than anything. So right now we invite your Holy Spirit that you would fall upon each and every single person that's here today, that is listening to the words that I'm speaking. Holy Spirit, come in your power. Your kingdom, Jesus, is a kingdom of power. It's a kingdom of the miraculous. It's the kingdom of truth, of love, of acceptance, of healing, of provision. Strengthen us to walk in your kingdom, Lord. And we accept you and we love you. And we thank You that You accept us, Jesus, when we come to You, in Jesus' Name. Amen? Amen. Thanks, Sam. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Anna. I trust that during the service, God was moving in your heart and His presence was where you are. Just before we say goodbye today, I'd love to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If today's message spoke to you, or you've been considering believing in Jesus as your Saviour, then I would love to invite you to do that now. Would you repeat this short prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again to give me life. I ask you to forgive my sins and be my Lord and my Saviour. I open my heart to you today. Amen. If you said yes to Jesus today, we would love to hear from you. We would love to celebrate with you 
pray with you and help you start your Jesus journey. Visit our website, manninghamcc.org and go to the I Said Yes page. Fill out your details and one of our leaders will get in touch with you. We would love to hear your story. Hey, thanks for joining in today and being part of our service. If you enjoyed today's service, would you click the share button and subscribe to MCC so you can stay connected? We all need some good news and we would love to hear how God has spoken to you today. Visit manninghamcc.org and fill out a good news story form today. If you would love to know more how to grow in your relationship with God, then Next Steps provides the path for you. Visit manninghamcc.org to find out more. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.